Soy, the final frontier. I am Comrade Britain. And I'm Pat Prime. These are the voyages of the starship USS Eric Banana, our ongoing mission. To explore new Trek episodes, to seek out old Trek films, both cringe and based, and to boldly go... Where Vulcan was there before! Soy Trek the podcast is here! Soy Trek! One half vegan, one half queer! 100% Right in your rear. Right in, right in your rear now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're going in the butt, huh? Yeah, right in the ass. Right in that asshole. Right in that ass. <laughs> that's, that's, that's one place to put it. Yeah. yeah. That's the only place to put it. Really? Are you one of those guys <laughs> who really... You ever met any of those guys who are like really into anal sex? That's like their thing. Mm, the Greeks. <laughs> wow! Wow! That's I, right. I said it. I didn't say with little boys. <laughs> hey, come after us, Greek. Yeah. What are you gonna? What are you gonna do? Make a spinkanticolia? I don't know how to those pronounce kind of, any your of your food. That's kind of fucked, though. Yeah, I don't. I I don't know. Spanakapita. But it's it's kind of yeah. I love I love how everything in Greek is just like, oh yeah, that's uh that's the island over there, uh, Theoplatades, and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's not any kind of word. Like you just you made that up. You made that up. Yeah, I mean I I mean I haven't been there, so the place could be completely imaginary. I think it is. I think use that some of that American excellence and just pretend it doesn't exist. I think it's like Euro Disney. I don't yeah. think it really ever existed. I think it was just a thing they made up to try to hype something. No one lives there. Yeah. Entire culture is fake. It was made mm-hmm. up like 30 years ago. I hope. <laughs> one can only hope. I hope I hope all of Europe's fake, to be honest. Unfortunately, have I've been, been there. Europe? I have been there. Uh, okay. And it seemed real. But you know mm. what? I could have just taken a little ride in a hollow suite. You know what I'm saying? That's true. You know what? And I haven't been there, so I can just assume that you're lying. You know, but <laughs> your uh, your ancestors, though, apparently are from there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which uh, which ancestor are you most proud of? None of them, really. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of pissed at all of them, actually. Yeah. I don't think I don't, I don't even know if any of them were like slaveholders or anything. Mm. But still, they had to have bad been bad people to like make my grandparents and mm. their grandparents you know yeah. that's why i'm going to go get a vasectomy hell yeah can't make any more of them hell yeah fuck you all also you know what else fuck you can you do ghosts. you know what else you can do to prevent uh you know what the best birth control is besides a vasectomy i was gonna say suicide but oh well also listening to star trek soy trek soy trek soy trek <laughs> listening to star trek I, mean, oh. I, I guess if you're like blind, like you listen to oh, so- yeah. Star Trek, but yeah, yeah, watching Star Trek, I should have said, yeah, probably, yeah, probably. <sighs> <sighs> we have ads now. Don't want ads? Patreon.com/slash/dumbitps.
Yeah. Yep. Five dollars a month. We mention your name. Bunch of cool people we mentioned on the last episode. Ten dollars a month. You get access to fucking Media Dungeon, my Plex server. It kicks ass and dick right yeah. in your face and dick. Oh, uh, but Brandy has a request. Oh, she doesn't fucking subscribe. <laughs> Tell her to pay $10 a month. She, she, watches, she watches mine. Request. Yeah, yeah. You don't pay $10 a month either. <laughs> I, I do you out of a courtesy yeah. and also because you need to be able to have access to all the Star Trek. Brandy, on the other hand... Well, she I already got her a film. She wants Heavenly Creatures on there, too. What the fuck is Heavenly Creatures? You ever seen Heavenly Creatures? No. It's a Peter Jackson film. It has... Um, oh, okay. If it's a Peter Jackson It has Jackson uh, Melanie Linsky and um, uh, Kate Hudson. Not a Kate Hudson. The chick from Titanic. Oh, uh, Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's, it's a really good movie. Uh-huh. It's like uh, about like a true crime thing that happened in New Zealand. Huh. in like the 50s it's really int- and yeah, I was, was like, it like noir type or? it's it's really weird there's 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 a i'm gonna say there's like clay people okay at, at one point so like like human clay like the creed album you gonna have to see mm. is it anything like the creed album human clay no that's what i'm asking it's good so <laughs> it is like <laughs> so, so it is like human play then in terms of quality very good excellent yeah. good to know yeah it's a good it's a good movie and for some reason it's not on anywhere online anywhere yeah. or on any server on any um thing that you watch things on right <laughs> right so P- peter jackson did the film um what was the, the film about cities on wheels Oh, uh, he did that? Yeah, he did that. That was really bad. Yeah, right? <laughs> I accidentally, did he direct it or was he just yeah, He directed it. Um, really? I, I, I watched it in the theaters because I accidentally did because I went to go see Veep and I was really high <laughs> and I accidentally went to that theater. Uh-huh. So I just watched that and then went to a theater and watched Veep right after. <laughs> um, yeah, what is that movie's called? Um, fucking something... Oh God, I don't remember. Mortal Engines. Mortal Engines, that's the one. Yeah, it's such a, it's almost a really cool concept, but at the same time, it's the dumbest concept anyone's ever had oh. for a movie. No, I think he is just the producer. Oh, was he? I thought he yeah. directed it. No, who directed it? Let's see. Could have sworn he directed it. It was directed by Christian Rivers. Who the fuck is Christian Rivers? No idea. Oh, he directed King Kong. Oh, okay. King Kong wasn't bad. Or, wait, which King no, Kong? No, wait, he storyboarded it. Oh, interesting. Anyway, so... <laughs> um, uh, fucking Media Dungeon, uh, $10 a month, 15,000 films, uh, 16,000 films, 700 shows, updated daily, new stuff all the time, old stuff all the time, crime time, rhyme time, time uh, eat... The salt and lime time. Once again, patreon.com slash dumb idiot BS. It's dumb idiot BS. Stands for bullshit. But you know what else it stands for? Butt sucking. Yeah, why not? Let's go for that. <laughs> Butt sucking. Uh, not a coincidence. See you there. <laughs> All righty. Uh, are you ready to get back into Star Trek 2009 directed by JJ? Yeah, I'll say so. I got my fluids are flowing. 
Cool. Like, uh, I'm ready. Your fluids are flowing. Is my that what you're going fluids are flowing. Just, I got pre-cum. It's just dripping <laughs> out of the leg of my pants. I was, it's I, pooling I, on the floor. I just have pre-cum. I have yeah. pre-poo. I think your cat's licking <laughs> up on it. I don't... I got that pre-poo going on. <laughs> it's pre, pre-poo and pre-cum. <laughs> pre-cum, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's all wet down there. It's like... It's all sopping wet. So like, yeah. It's like, you know, out my you, know, you know, when I bottom, I get, I sometimes get the poo, you know, a little poo spotting. So mm. it's, I'm pre-pooing like that. Cause oh, it's yeah. like, it's like I'm about to bottom. So yeah. like, but instead of poo getting on the end of a dick, <laughs> it's getting, you know, a little in my draw. And you draw now. <laughs> um... So uh, where we left if uh, last left off, Vulcan exploded. Yeah, Vulcans. And I'm not talking about Spock coming. Am I right, everybody? (laughs) Am I right, anybody? (laughs) I'm right. No, he's an endangered species now. I mean, a half Vulcan, half human has always been endangered. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he is like one of the kind. Yeah. Also, you kind of wonder how this, I mean, like, since the timeline changed. So that means, like... There's probably not going to be any more Tuvok down the line. No, they have one Vok, but not the sequel. Yeah, because I guess, like, how many people did they say survive? Like, only 10,000, 100,000? Enough. Enough, yeah. So the chances are Tuvok's parents died in that. Yep. Next, we get a log from none other than Spockety Spick Spickspock. Acting Captain's Log, Stardate 2258.42. We have had no word from Captain Pike. I therefore classified him as a hostage of war, uh, the war criminal known as Nero. Nero, who has destroyed my home planet and most of its six billion inhabitants. While the essence of our culture has been saved and the elders who now reside upon the ship, I estimate that no more than 10,000 Vulcans have survived. I am now a member of an endangered species, as we just discussed. Yeah. Yeah, only 10,000. That's wild. Yeah, right? I mean, and it was probably like all the richest ones who could like get out of the planet, which is so fucked up. I mean, he did prioritize... For Eugenics. One, his own parents and also like the cultural leaders. So. Eugenics. <laughs> Eugenics, Roddenberry. Mm-hmm. So Kirk, Sulu, and the few Vulcans who were able to be brought aboard the Enterprise are brought to Sick Bay for treatment. Soon after, Spock leaves the bridge and he is followed into the turbo lift by Ahura, who tries to comfort him. Ain't no comfort in a man Mm-mm. who mama just died. No. Nero asks Pike, and whose planet exploded that too. <laughs> Nero asks Mike for the security codes. Like, oh, that pizza place I liked. It's gone. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, fuck. I had all my porn down there. Fuck. <laughs> oh, my uh, porn collection. Shit. My pawn far collection. <laughs> porn far. Porn far. <laughs> porn. <laughs> write that down. Write that down. Write <laughs> that down. <laughs> get it, get it, get it, get it. Get it while it's hot. Get it while it's hot. Pa- porn far. Porn far. Uh, come on. Porn far. Let's do this. Here we are. <laughs> uh, tried to correct it to pond far. I don't like that at all. No. Uh, no that's nice that your uh, your tablet knows what you what your words that you use. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I use uh, pond often. Oh, oh, you said oh, pond far. Pond far. Yeah, that's that's where the that's where the little Vulcan froggies, huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Little, uh, little, little, um, little tadpoles. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Come. I'm talking yeah. about semen. 
about semen. It would be funny if like if Vulcans just have like instead of like it, like their bodies are totally logical. Uh-huh. So instead of like a bunch of different smaller sperm, they just have like a large <laughs> one <cat>. one <laughs> big sperm. <laughs> one big it's like sperm. I'm about to sperm. <laughs> ow! 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 Fuck. Ow! You just see it like moving under the skin. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. Uh, it's like, oh fuck! He's like, hi, I'm Larry. Uh, <laughs> Let me, I'll do this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you do you want me to do the baby thing? Okay, well, I guess. I mean, yeah. it's your fucking pussy. You know, he has little legs and just like hustles into the, into the <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nero asks Pike for the security codes to defense systems around Earth but Pike refuses to give them to him, disgusted by Nero's act of genocide upon Vulcan. Nero speaks about how the Narada, in his time, was a mining ship. So can we also just talk, like, like Nero? Mm -hmm. Like, he has the power of time travel. Kind of. I mean, he doesn't have great control over it. But still, he goes back to a point where Romulus is still there. Right. Why not help prevent the tragedy from happening instead of having to destroy this world because he needs revenge first before Uh, preventing his own yeah you got to get revenge first and then prevent Mm. thing from happening because you know wait no that doesn't make any sense at all (laughs) yeah because like well i could die during like i need to uh get revenge for the thing i'm going to prevent after i get the revenge yeah really that doesn't so that means nothing ever happened that you need revenge for Oh fuck! Yeah, really, he could have said he, like he's bringing back like a uh, hundred fifty years of advancement of Romulan technology. He could have brought that back, gone to, <laughs> gone to Romulus. That's very true. Like he could have been like, okay, y'all, this is what's happening. It's, it's basically he's giving them the sports almanac from Back to the Future, and so like that the, the, would have been. You mean no? He's giving them the Spock almanac. <laughs> he's giving them the Spock almanac from the future, mm. and. And he's being like, hey, guys, by the way, I have my computers have every historic event that's about to happen and in, in it. Uh, so we can like we can like, you know, set ourselves up to do dominate the entire Alpha Quadrant if we want to. And then they're like, yeah, let's do that. And that would have been like the long term revenge plan. Yeah, they would have had to make like a whole series or like more than one movie for that, though. Yeah, yeah. And J.J. Abrams, uh, as we've seen with uh, Lost, he is not going to do a full series for anybody. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. So Nero asks Pike for the security codes to defense systems around Earth, but Pike refuses to give them to him, disgusted by Nero's act of genocide on Vulcan. And we already got that. So, um... Nero plays blame on the Federation. Oh, uh, so Nero speaks about how the Narada in his time was a mining ship, and he was laboring to support his wife, who was expecting his child, before they were killed when Romulus was destroyed. Mm. He places blame on the Federation for doing nothing and accuses Spock of betraying them, promising himself retribution. There you go, revenge. Yeah. Need revenge. Gotta get that revenge. <laughs> Gotta get our revenge first. <laughs> so Pike pleads that Romulus still exists, but Nero only knows that his world, the Romulus of the future, was destroyed, and he intends to destroy every world of the Federation, starting with Earth, so that others will know his pain. And here's where I kind of started to lose the plot. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I was reading, like, um, there. I guess there's some, like, 
physicist or somebody, some some science guy who said like like if time travel would exist, like it would can it would create a completely separate timeline from the other one, mm-hmm. so that it would have no effect on the future events and the timeline that you go back to. Uh-huh. So, which they used it twice. So how would you go? Here, here's here's the deal. Um, time travel is only theoretical yeah. because it's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> the only real time travel we can actually ever even hope to come up with is time travel into the future only, and that would only be achieved by reaching like light speed, and we'd just travel in a circle until we wanted to get to a certain point, because if you're in that, based on the theory of relativity, time stops for you. Or you could just take a bunch of mushrooms and then like look at a... That's uh, true. Look at a history book, and then you'll be transported there. That's also and very everyone, true. Everyone will have really scary faces, and everything will be melting together, but it'll be going like back in time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, as as uh, another Star Trek franchise has said before, take a look. It's in a book reading Rainbow. The oh, jo- yeah. The Geordie mm-hmm. reading show. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> Nero asks Pike for the... Uh, no, so... Um, <clears throat> uh Nero brings out a Centaurian slug, which is this big creepy thing that's basically the exact same thing as the fucking um, the the uh, the Setian slug mm-hmm. in um, Alpha or in the Rathicon. Yeah, Rathicon. Yeah. Um, so he brings that out and puts it down Pike's throat. So not up his ear, in his throat. So it's more penile, I think, mm. than anything. Right. So this is definitely, I think, JJ or Akiva. Uh, sorry, um, Alex Kurtzman. Yeah. Probably being like, I like them books down that throat. <laughs> Put it in. <laughs> we'll have to look at some of his other media to make that determination, but I think that's mm. his fetish just based on this. Yeah. Maybe would, JJ. Maybe he'd be JJ. like, well, the butthole has a direct route to the brain. Right. And like, wait, no, it doesn't. Yes, it does. So it should go into his butthole. <laughs> yeah. It's like, <laughs> so let's film this scene, guys. Uh, no, no prosthetic stunt butts. I want the actual actor's ass. And we're going to put this rubber rubber bug into his butthole. <laughs> <laughs> so, so wait, going back to the the butthole has a direct connection to the brain. <laughs> hey, let me touch your butthole. I'll I'll show you. I bet I I'll bet, show I, you. bet I bet I bet instantaneously you'll know my fingers in there. <laughs> <laughs> my God, you're right. It does have a direct route to the brain. Told you. What I tell you, science, <laughs> science, bitch, science. It's all right. So all right, uh, all right, Bruce, uh, bend down and shoot. <laughs> I like that you have a rich world, a lived-in world where this guy's name is Bruce. Oh, Bruce Greenwood playing. Um, oh, 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 right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Bruce Greenwood getting that thing up his asshole. Wonderful. <laughs> so, um, forcing a Centaurian slug down Pike's throat, which will help coerce Pike to give him the security codes, Nero orders the Narada to continue on to Earth. To destroy that motherfucker too. On the, <clears throat> on the bridge of the Enterprise, Spock reasons that the Narada must have traveled back in time from the future. And they say back from the future, <laughs> and wink at the camera. Going back in time. Uh, he states that they must regroup with the fleet, but Kirk asks, uh, "Sorry, Kirk says in order to stop Nero, they must go after him first." 
get a butthole. Mm-hmm. This culminates in an argument which ends in Spock ordering Kirk's removal to the bridge. And Kirk's being a real motherfucker here. You do be a motherfucking. Yeah, uh, he's being like, oh, you're not going to get mad. Baby, do, do, do. You're a Vulcan, do, do, do. Suck my dick. <laughs> and uh, and so he like. It's like, where did my mommy just die? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he's, he's <laughs> being a butthole straight up here. And so uh, Kirk like pushes him and Spock um, fucking beats the shit out of him. Spock goes like the ham mode and like he did in the very beginning of the Mm -hmm. thing where he just like beats Kirk's face and then he chokes him and it's kind of really hot kind (laughs) of really hot and they both get fully torqued and they're like alright break it up break it up right both (laughs) both fully torqued alright break it up yeah and and, and everyone on set's like hey we need to take a break and then there's just a line to the porta potties (laughs) (laughs) damn it my trailer's full someone's using the bathroom in my trailer we gotta wait till their boners go down so they can start fighting again okay and we're gonna have to wrap for the day uh it's 9 a.m yeah i know it's just it's complicated wait what if we just duct tape their boners to their <laughs> so you can just see like visible boners taped to their stomach while they're fighting it's the original Riker maneuver <laughs> yeah, the original. <laughs> Riker just had the constant boner they just always have a roll of like soft duct tape on hand or paint <laughs> painter's tape they just wrap around him he's just got like this line of hair around his stomach it's just like always not there mm. just freshly whacked every day with, with painter's tape <laughs> it's just like it's like just slowly throbbing underneath the tape it's like, like god i wish i had a belt <laughs> <laughs> if you look closely enough in the hd version you can actually see riker's heartbeat in his pants <laughs> so um spock says that uh so they they fight uh, Spock beats the motherfucking shit out of him and then uses a Vulcan nerve pinch and orders him placed in an escape pod and jettisons him off the ship. Kirk awakens to find himself on the snow-covered world of Delta Vega, another planet in Vulcan system. Picking up his gear, Kirk heads for the Starfleet station 14 kilometers away. And for you Americans, I have no idea what that is. <laughs> It could be 10 miles. It could be a foot. Who knows? <laughs> we'll, we may never know. We may never we know. We may never know. Thank Not you, this American public school system. Yeah. <laughs> that measurement drives on the left side of the road. Yeah. Thank you very much. If so, you know what I mean. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm racist against the British. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, I guess that's the French, isn't it? God damn it, I'm French. Fuck! No. No! <laughs> do, you, do you have some wine? That's a French. Oh. Asking for wine. <laughs> that, didn't, that, didn't, that didn't land. Sorry, that's a start eight. Start, uh, now we get a... Like, what? Now we get um, uh, a, a, a log from from Kirk, who is in really in no capacity here. So start eight two two five eight point four two four uh for whatever. Acting Captain Spock has marooned me on Delta Vega. I believe in what I believe is violation of security protocol forty nine point oh nine governing the treatment of prisoners on board a starship. Um so on the planet, 
Uh, Kirk is chased down by Traculius, which in turn is attacked by an even larger insectoid animal. It's a big action sequence where yeah. it's like a big thing comes after him, but then an even bigger thing comes, almost like the Pyacon thing oh, from yeah. Avatar uh, 2. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of kind of kind of all right. Um, yeah, and I, I I thought the CGI held up pretty well. It does actually. You know, yeah. uh, pretty much all the CGI, the, mm-hmm. all the action sequences in this film, although they are definitely like colored by J.J. Abrams, like high contrast and lens flare effects, and like it also wouldn't make sense why animals that live in a snow world would be c- that color. That's very true. They would all be white. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that is true. Was, yeah, like that one thing's red. It's just like. Why would you release the red matter? <laughs> it, it, it's presumably the apex predator of this planet. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, well, you know, no one makes things too easy. So I'm going to make sure all the prey knows I'm coming. They see me coming. <laughs> they see me coming. <laughs> they hate. They know I'm riding red and dirty. <laughs> they know I'm on Delta Vega. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Neither sorry. of us landed. So no, it's, no. it's all good. It's a, sometimes we're allowed to make bad jokes on this podcast. We are. Sometimes. we're funny after all yeah um where are we here so um i went way too far down so uh the the next bigger insectoid animal chases kirk into a cave and when it finally attaches a tendril to capture him trying to consume him it's spooked off by an elderly man wielding a lit torch. Looks like this man is Vulcan. Before he can thank his savior, the old man, who recognized Kirk on sight, reveals himself to be none other than Leonard motherfucking Nimoy. Say what? The real Spock. Oh, I mean, they're both real Spocks. No, this is the real one. Oh, okay. The realer one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's been real. He was real for like 50 years at this point. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy to think about. Yeah. Eh, I guess like 40 something years, but still. Yeah. Yeah, it's 42? crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's still a lot of years. That's still, yeah, that's a lot, a lot of years, years brother. <laughs> um, it's a lot of years to just play one character. You mm-hmm. know, yeah, yeah. If you watch that, yeah, did you watch that Spock documentary? I have not. You mean the Spockumentary? Yeah, Spockumentary. It's mm-hmm. pretty, it's pretty good, but it shows like, you know, him being on like the Mission Impossible tv show or whatever where he played the master of disguise yeah just showing like the limit of the characters he would play on there (laughs) it was kind of it was very funny yeah he's just like a tennis instructor uh, yeah it was like he played a he played an asian person too many times mm, they did a lot of that in like the 1960s and 70s yeah he also played like a like a like a uh, um um che guevara type character Mm. They did a lot of uh, switching races, which is like yeah. I feel like if you were like vaguely like Hispanic or Italian at that point, mm-hmm. or maybe even Jewish, they're like yeah, you can play whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it, yeah. I mean like yeah, um, Tuco from the Good, the Bad, the Ugly, Jewish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's her face from Aliens? Jewish. Yeah. Like, mm, I feel like you've watched or read too much about this for me not to be suspicious about your <laughs> political motives. <laughs> You see, you see, there's a lot of them in Hollywood. Just, and the, don't get me started with banking. 
Taking all the South American rules. So, it's Spock, Kirk's old friend, he says, but Kirk is like, what? You can't be Spock because, like, we're not friends. Um, and then uh, the former identifies Nero as Pike's captor, or Spock does. And Spock melds with Kirk so that he can understand why he's there. And mm. he's like, I, I must touch you. And he's like, why do you want to touch me, old man? And he's <laughs> like, I'm so lonely. And all right, now so you know. The fastest way to a man's mind is through his penis. <laughs> my mind to your mind. mind. Your hand to my <laughs> penis. We are now docking. And the mind meld uh, uh -oh. is complete. <laughs> that's, that's mind goo. You got the mind goo all over you. You know, they say in a snow planet, <laughs> frauding helps rid you of the frost <laughs> and the loneliness. Jim. <laughs> now take off your clothes. It's the only way to stay warm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way to stay warm. Yeah, that's what you do. You take your clothes off. And, a, with, and the my, clo my clothes aren't even wet. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. They will be. <laughs> Trust me. We're going to get really warm. You're going to sweat. You're going to sweat, Jim. <laughs> you're going to sweat like we used to do together. <laughs> <laughs> What are you saying, old man? Oh, nothing, nothing. No. Uh, it's uh, uh, Nero. Uh, uh, Nero, yeah, bad guy. <laughs> bad guy. I'm just gonna take some I of these you, food. Jim. I'm just gonna take some of these food rations. I miss you so much. They're called Jim. blue chews. <laughs> I, I miss your touch. <laughs> um. So Spock melts with Kirk so that he can understand why he's there. And uh, oh, yeah. yeah. So Spock explains that 129 years in the future, in the year 2387, which is uh, an interesting year for them to put it in. So it's like directly after the events kind of of Prodigy. Mm -hmm. But I assume in this universe, Prodigy never happens. Probably not. Prodigy not. Got him. Oh. I got him. So, in the year 2387, an impending supernova threatened to destroy the homeworlds of the Romulan Star Empire, and potentially the rest of the galaxy as well. And so, this is one of the things that does, I mean, this does happen in, mm -hmm. I guess, both things. Yes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but both the Kelvin and Prime Universe, sorry, that's what I'm... Mm -hmm looking for um an impending supernova threatened to destroy the homeworlds of the romulan star empire and potentially the rest of the galaxy as well which we get into a lot in star trek picard we do <laughs> uh, spark developed a stockpile of red matter a substance that can be ignited to form a singularity mm. however the star exploded while he was en route and romulus was destroyed so Spock launched the red matter from his ship, the jellyfish, to prevent any further damage from happening. Immediately, Spock was confronted by a surviving Romulan mining vessel, the Nerada, captained by none other than Nero. Spock tried to escape, but the resultant black hole captured both the jellyfish and the Nerada, creating a disturbance in the space-time continuum, sending both ships hurling back into the past. 
Yeah, so this is kind of a fun plot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it, it, the plot was kind of shaky up until, like, this point. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like this is one of those speeches that really lays out the entire film yeah. at one point pretty well. Mm-hmm. And like, and I, I feel like this is like if I wanted to like sell someone on the film and make them understand what the fuck the film is about, I'm probably showing like this scene right here. Yeah. And Eric Bannon puts in a good ass performance. He does. Yeah. Yeah. Like like his like. Uh, yeah, oh, sorry. I mean, I'm sorry. Not not um fucking not Eric Bannon. Fucking Leonard Nimoy. Uh, Leonard Nimoy. Sorry. But also I think Eric Bannon's like you know, Tale of Revenge is also pretty good. It's very it sim- is. It's it, very it, simple. I'd say the two of those like put in the best uh, monologue performances yeah. in the film. Mm-hmm. And every everyone else puts in really good dialogue performances, but they don't really give anyone else monologues in the film at all. No. It's pretty much just Spock and Eric Bana doing the the capital A acting in this yeah. film, I'd say. Yeah. So, um <clears throat> the uh uh where am I here? The Narada no. Yeah. So the Narada exited the space-time continuum uh, over 150 years in the past where it confronted the Kelvin, uh, which, you know, is the time that good old James Kirk was born. Mm-hmm. Spock's ship entered mere moments later, but what appeared seconds to him was 25 years later uh, to Nero and Narada. He explains that Nero captured his ship but kept him alive, marooning him on Delta Vega so that he could witness the destruction of his own home planet, Vulcan, just as he had to witness the destruction of Romulus. Which, I don't know, like, this, Eric Van is petty as fuck here. Mm-hmm. It's like, just because Spock didn't get to the, the place in time, and it's weird that Spock couldn't get to Romulus in time to save it. I mm-hmm. wonder, because it said he, like, got up a bunch of red matter to save it but i don't know supply chain issues yeah i guess yeah like eric banna i think if he was more motivated to change that fate you know fate is what we make right and like he could have been like oh yeah i'll save romulus instead yeah you're gonna hey romulus you're gonna blow up in 130 years like instead of being mad at spock for not being there getting there on time yeah yeah, maybe he stopped to get a sandwich or something. So yeah, so so Eric Bana really is like a representative, I'd say, of a lot of American politics, especially right now, where like the only thing he cares about is punishing the people he thinks are responsible mm-hmm. for his problems, and it's completely misguided because while ignoring like a, a very clear solution, while ignoring a very <laughs> clear material solution, yeah. and also not understanding that the people he's blaming his problems on really have no control over his problems Mm -hmm. and he's just blaming them because you know they tried to help and weren't able to yeah i don't know i don't know maybe a lot to be said there politically Mm -hmm. very good yeah post 9-11 movie (laughs) it is very post (laughs) 9-11 like the, the like yeah, it is just like one guy's just evil and bad and mean mm-hmm. because, you know, he's just mad at the world for a perceived indiscretion. Yeah, that is kind of that. <laughs> I mean, I accept, I'd expect that very much from J.J. Abrams and Alex Kurtzman because both of them show ran Alias, which is a show about the CIA yeah. and, and how cool and good they are yeah. and how they do cool karate against things. <laughs> and that's like dumb. Mm-hmm. And bad, which is why you know, you know, they got the Section Thirty One movie coming out. Super. Alex, Alex Kurtzman, Kurtzman's going to continue that. 
Uh, yep. <laughs> it's like we need more CIA driven driven narratives. It'd be a lot cooler if he was Alex Squirtsman and could make women squirt, but I'm very positive he's never made a woman squirt in his life. No, probably not. That's like that's but a that's a beard. When you see his beard, you'll know exactly what I mean. <laughs> that's a beard that can't make a woman squirt. Yeah, it's 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 been squirt free. A hundred percent. Some be- some beards you can tell have been squirted on. Yeah, like I feel like you have a squirt beard. I got a squirt beard. You got a squirt beard. Yeah. You're, you're you're the kind of. Uh, um, I'm going to go with the word person here, <laughs> but that's being generous. That's very, let me, very, very let generous. Me, let me, yeah, you're, you owe me one for. for I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm person shaped. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. You're, you're a person enough. I'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> you, you meet most of the criteria to be, a, be considered a person. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so not our best. Yeah. Not our best. Looking at you, God. You have looked out the window a couple times and seen me running on all fours. <laughs> <laughs> and, scale, and scaling the tree with only my hands. That, but. that was a dumpster, not a tree. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> um, so, <clears throat> where are we here? Kirk explains um, to Spock that he was left on the planet um, by the Spock that he knows who is currently in command of the Enterprise and very much not his friend. The Elder Spock is very surprised by this, knowing that Kirk should be in command of the ship at this time. It is then that old Spock realizes that when Nero exited the black hole and confronted the Kelvin, he altered history and created an alternate reality, mm-hmm. the Kelvin timeline, which changed everything including and especially Kirk's life, but also Kirk's life. <laughs> My wife. <laughs> um, well, I want to know more about Kirk's stepdad. We need a full movie about him, right? Oh, yeah. Kelvin Timeline, Kirk's stepdad. Yeah, was he in Starfleet? Was he just a guy that lived in Iowa? Yeah, he's just a guy. Did he, help him with, did he help him with his bootlegging operation? Ooh, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the boys are in a real pickle here. There's like a boss hog type character. <laughs> <laughs> the sheer fucking audacity. <laughs> do I have that on here? I think I do. Oh. Sheer hubris. fucking hubris. Yeah, there we go. Hells yeah. <laughs> Boss cranking that hog. Put yes. it on the board. Put it on the board. <laughs> Two votes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, Kirk, uh, where am I here? Shit. Um, so, Kirk asks Spock whether his father lived in the original timeline. Spock confirms that George Samuel Kirk proudly saw his son take command of the Enterprise and often spoke of him as his inspiration to join Starfleet. Spock leads Kirk to the Starfleet base. Kirk and Elder Spock are met by a short alien officer, Keenser, who leads them inside, where they meet this timeline's Scotty. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. And um, Scotty here, of course, is played by um, Simon Pegg. Mm-hmm. 
um, the inventor of pegging. Most yes. people don't know that. Mm-hmm. And his wife is Scottish. That's where he got developed a lot of the accent that he used for this. And, and also the pegging. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was getting pegged and, and he was, and he was like thrown like, um, you know, like, uh, flashcards. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. He was giving flashcard words that he had to scream out while being pegged. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That sounds pretty fun. Mm-hmm, I mean, I, I don't bottom or anything, but that still sounds like a, he, you know. it, but you know, it helped. He mm-hmm. developed a pretty convincing Scottish accent mm-hmm. to That's American right. ears at least. Yeah. <laughs> Must be difficult for a, uh, checks notes. British guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, they meet Scotty, and he's a transporter genius. And he was exiled to Delta Vega after beaming Admiral Archer's prized beagle to an unknown location during a failed experiment in transwarp beaming. How old is Archer then at this point? Uh,. I mean, really fucking old, because the missions he went on were in twenty one eighty, I think twenty one seventy, twenty one eighty years ago. Yeah, and then so I'm guessing in this timeline he's not president of Earth, because I think in in the Prime Universe he was president yeah. of Earth at this point, right? Or president of the Federation or mm-hmm. whatever. I don't know, or I don't know, even know if he was alive at this point. Yeah. He was I mean, also, like, the beaming of the be- beagle could have happened a while ago. Yeah. It would be cool if they actually, uh, you know, if they tied this in somehow to actual Enterprise, but that wouldn't make sense now that I think about it at all. No. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was the... Oh, yeah, no, no, it does, it does, it does. That's how the temporal war starts, is someone fucking beams a beagle away from, from <laughs> Archer. <laughs> Ah, God, I, I figured it out, everybody. This guy right here. Yeah, so it was... I mean, he was the president of the United Federation Plans from 2184 to 2192. Oh, so way in the past from here. Yeah. Shit. Wild. Huh. 84 to 90. Wow. What year is it on this episode? Uh, so this is like 2240-something. 2245. Or yeah, he could be alive. Could be. Who knows? Who knows? Could be swinging that big old archer dick all around the place, <laughs> getting getting things all messy and he sits squirting on the gold, his beard. He sits on the golden throne and takes has a poop. A, has to get a hundred beagles sacrificed to him every day <laughs> to survive. I can only eat beagle meat. It's the only <laughs> calories the body will process anymore. Archer sits on the golden throne. Eat, bring, bring him the beagles. Bring him the beagles. Do we have the? Do we have the General Sal's Beagle? <laughs> they request the General Sal's Beagle. Damn, I'm getting hungry now. <laughs> Damn, Britt, you got any dog? Got any dog in there? Got any Beagle? Got I, that Beagle I'm meat? Thinking, I'm thinking about breaking veganism. You got any dog, bro? <laughs> Technically, it's, it is vegan. Because <laughs> dogs are people. <laughs> yeah. Well, dog, dogs, dogs are willing participants in the meat. Because they're good boys, and they they, 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 they just want to make you happy, and they're like, "Make me a burger, make me a burger," and they don't they don't want you to like make them a hamburger to feed them. Mm-hmm. They want you to make them into a hamburger to feed yourself. Yes, yeah. What what, what dog do you think tastes the best? Yeah, I got just beagle in the bind. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm, just, I'm like art like Porthos looks so succulent. Like he looks he looks he's such a cute little dog. Yeah, and he does look very succulent. <laughs> 
<laughs> Fall off the bone low and slow, baby. Low and slow. Put that in a crock pot, some vegetable oil, and a little bit of vegetable broth. You know what I'm saying? Fall off the bone, fall off the bone. Salt that boy up. Salt it up. Yeah, uh, apparently this year, a uh, year that this place t- takes place in is 2255. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So. Oh, that's right, because 2245 was when he was a little kid in the beginning there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so. Okay. Interesting. So Archer would probably be fucking like 100 something at this point. 120, maybe? Yeah, let's see. Jonathan Archer birth date. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're getting real deep into it. So he was born 2112. 21. Oh, wow. So he was born in a Rush prog rock album? <laughs> So he was, wait, God damn it. So he's 143. Holy shit. <laughs> so, uh, so he's probably turned into a Creole at this point, too. <laughs> he probably has the bones disease. Hey, boy. Oh, Archer, fall off the bone. Archer, hey, boy. Hey, boy, I'm prisoner. I used to be the prisoner of the Federation, boy. <laughs> what you think about that, boy? You, you know, you see this shit right here? You treat her like a lady. She'll always suck your dick. Oh, shit. He fall, he, he's San Francisco gumbo. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they call him down on the shipyard. At least I hope that's what's pulling underneath him. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to wear my dabby today, you hear? <laughs> You're just going to have to wander behind me with a sonic mop. <laughs> that's my right. My, I was president. I was president. I got that secret service to clean it up. I mean, and also it keeps it open on what day of death is. It doesn't say what day he died, what year he died. So he could be a 143-year-old man turned into San Francisco gumbo. God, they they should bring him back for Star Trek Legacy. They should. He's still alive. Just make him like (laughs) like 250 years old and my my meat's falling off the bone. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, boy, boy. Boy, I have to sit in this pressurized suit so I don't <laughs> fall apart. Little, I, they, they have to put my gumbo in a Vitamix. <laughs> he has Porthos number 500 with him. <laughs> <laughs> the, the beagle tastes good. The beagle, t- beagle meat. Okay. It's all I can eat still. It's the only thing that sustains my life so unnaturally. 120 years now, nothing but beagle meat. I, I alone have found the cure to, to death. <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever thought to eat a beagle because they're so cute. They're so adorable. No one would dare sink their teeth into them. But I have. I have discovered I, the fountain of youth. I have. I, I, and, and it's a and, dark and so, and so I am cursed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I made that leap into the unknown. Just, and I am cursed by it, but I am also blessed. So I, there's a there's a good movie written here, like a guy the who evil fin- uh, like Archer does his evil admiral arc. No, no, I'm not talking about a Star Trek movie. I'm talking about just like 
a regular drama where a guy discovers that the key to living forever is just eating a certain type of dog. And like, everyone's like, you can't do that. And he's like, no, 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 you don't understand. Like, it'll make you live forever. And they're like, yeah, but it's a dog. And he's like, no, no, no. It's like, it'll be like flatliners where then he just starts seeing like really fucked up stuff. He, he goes that step, be, step beyond natural. So, so he, he starts to see purgatory with yeah. all the, with all the police dogs. Oh yeah. Cause cops can't go to heaven yeah but all dogs go to heaven so they're all in purgatory yeah yeah there's no beagles in purgatory though no because there's no beagle cop dogs the beagles don't become cop dogs yeah but the beagle meat can only show that that release the like put aside the veil so you can see purgatory if someone cannibalizes you does that make you more or less likely to go to heaven i mean why Yes. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> Puts gun away. <laughs> You've passed today's test. <laughs> you can live again. <laughs> it's sort of like, uh, what was that movie called? Ravenous? Oh, dude, I love Ravenous. Yeah. 1999's Ravenous starring... Uh, Where um, they, yeah. has like, has Jeffrey Jones of- and was yeah. it Clive Owen? Oh, no, 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 Guy no. Pierce. Guy, Guy Pierce, that's yeah. Yeah, yeah, And I think David Arquette's in it. Yeah, David Arquette's great in that movie, yeah, actually. So- it's, it's so good. It's so funny and weird. It's one of the most unique films I've ever seen, mm-hmm. and it is overwhelmingly fun for how dark it is. Oh, yeah. It's very weird. I and like it. It's, it's also funny where they get, like, a life-threatening... Um, um, wound mm. but then to survive they just eat some human <laughs> yeah <and laughs> they get jeffrey jones just has like this giant like gaping stomach wound and he's just laughing eating someone yeah he's like ah it's making me live still <laughs> yeah it's 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 a really fun movie and it's got like there's only so much you can really do in that universe mm-hmm. honestly i don't know though like a ravenous show could be fucking awesome yeah maybe that's what i should start writing there you go no one's ever even thought about bringing that property back Ooh, got him you're ahead of the curve yeah Got that. The got curve it. on my penis. <laughs> 45 degrees. Celsius. <laughs> it's hot. It's hot. It's hot, baby. It's, it's got a fever. And the I only could... cure is penicillin if I wasn't allergic. <laughs> How do you think I heat up your tea? <laughs> I call it the dipstick. Dipstick. <laughs> the hot rod. <laughs> From rum. Um, so, uh, Spock confirms that uh, we already got that, um, transwarp beaming already got that. So Spock informs Kirk that he must relive, uh, sorry, relieve the Vulcan's younger self of command by provoking him and showing everyone that Spock is too personally and emotionally compromised to lead the mission and captain the ship. Mm. Which is a interesting ethical conundrum. When yeah. Spock is telling like him to fuck up younger yeah. Spock. Beat up my younger self, please. Yeah, just get make him get into a fight with you. Just mm-hmm. provoke him a bunch. <laughs> so, uh, giving Scotty the formula for transwarp beaming, uh, an operation originally devised by the Scotty that he knew, Spock, old Spock, uh, who had responded to Kirk's suggestion that he was now cheating by recalling the old friend who had taught him how to cheat. And so, mm. which was Scotty, uh, uh, sends Kirk and Scott back to the enterprise. Yeah. It's like Scotty giving the transparent aluminum. 
Yeah, exactly. It is. Several times now, Scotty has totally fucked up the timeline. Yeah. Uh, which is like, he's like, oh, I'm the best engineer ever. No, you've you've just like fucked around with the timeline <laughs> in just the right way to like nothing super affected, but like mm-hmm. you get all the inventions you need right on time. <laughs> Fuck you, guy. <laughs> you, you know, um, he works harder, not he works smarter, not harder. Right. No, he works hard as hell too. With a, especially with a the hura there, mm. he's fucking hard. He's, oh, he's he, got to oh, use he, the, oh, he put in work when he needs. to. Oh, he's got to use he the Riker in, maneuver and get some of that <laughs> some of that fucking painter's tape. Yeah, you know? he, he puts in work when he needs to. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, I'm gonna be on this all night, lassie. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Uh, not long after the two are transported back to the Enterprise, uh, Scotty materialized in a water tank and nearly drowned, unfortunately, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, the two are spotted and eventually captured by security personnel, led by Hendorf, who calls him a name that I totally forgot from earlier. <laughs> what did he call him? Some stupid name. It was kind of soy, the way he recalled like a, a an insult from like way earlier in the film when they got in the fight cupcake or something like that yeah oh yeah yeah it's yeah, like it's the... like freeze cupcake or yeah. something yeah what, what was it <coughs> i don't remember yeah but it, yeah, it was but something like that it was it's the, yeah it's the red shirt matters guy. yeah yeah so <laughs> the um <laughs> the very cadet who had started the bar brawl with him in the very beginning yeah. of the thing uh arrests him now so they are taken to the bridge <laughs> where uh an astounded young spock uh, attempts to find out how the two were able to transport on board the ship while it was in warp. Kirk refuses to answer and recommends Scotty do the same and then proceeds to ask why Spock doesn't feel any anger or have any emotion over the destruction of his planet and the murder of his mom. Which is like uncalled for. Jesus Christ. So he keeps pushing and provoking Spock, claiming that he never loved his mother. Upon hearing this accusation, Spock finally snaps and fucking beats the shit out of Kirk. Just mm-hmm. smashes his face in um, and only almost kills him right in front of his dad, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. And then his dad's finally like, hey, yeah, you, like, do it. Do the killing blow. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> fuck this white boy. <laughs> fuck this him. white boy up. Yeah. Uh, no, he <laughs> doesn't. He actually stops Spock. Yeah. Is a very Sarek thing to do. Mm hmm. So realizing how far he's gone, Spock uh, relieves himself of duty and leaves the bridge. He's like, I'm no longer your captain. I've been too emotionally compromised. <laughs> Clock's off. Yeah. Uh, Kirk yeah, assume- does a little, like, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. A little, little punch. Punch card. To, yeah, a little. the punch card and, like, I'm taking a break. Yeah. Yeah. They're unionized, you know. Starfleet's, <laughs> I hope Starfleet's unionized. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, it looks like they have way more free time usually than we do. <laughs> yeah. Cool. They get to do like have concertos. That's true. They do get to have concertos. They get yeah. to play like yeah, cool old instruments and stuff. Mm-hmm. You get uh, Riker just fucks and sucks a bunch. Which is oh yeah, that what just, I do. You spend all day in the bar. I mean, that is what I do already. But I wish I had like more time to just yeah. fucking suck. Oh yeah. Like I wish I could like not work. You could be looking through your daily planner, and all it says is like "fucking suck, fucking suck, fucking." Suck. No, no, I don't. And that's the thing is, I don't want a daily planner. Mm. I, I want to be just like. But hit. you keep it around for laughs to make yourself laugh because you know every day is so fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. You get it. You get it. You get it. So I just You're like oh, what I'm am just I doing like, today? Gee, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Same thing we do every night, Pinky. <laughs> 
fuck and suck. And pinky is the name of your penis. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of brown. Yeah. It's got a real big mole. <laughs> and I'm talking about the animal, not the skin condition. <laughs> like a neck and mole rat. Yeah. Put it on the board. On one, the board. One, just one vote, but we got it. Um, so, <clears throat> um, so Kirk assumes command, uh, which is a weird thing for everyone to just accept. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> just like, "What?" Yeah, like Ahura is like disappointed, and she's like sassy about it, but that's like it. And then like red shirt lives matter guys. It's like, damn it. Yeah. Kirk is just like, well, I'm ranking here because, uh, the, the probably dead captain of the ship made me second officer and the captain, the former acting captain just beat the fucking shit out of me. So I, Uh, I win. Yeah, I think I think by getting the shit beat out of you, rights, I'm captain now. Yeah. That'd be funny if Sulu had also died, and so then there was no uh, no witness <laughs> to, to this field promotion that he got. That that <laughs> would be amazing. Well, but Spock was there too. But oh yeah, that's right, he was. Yeah, yeah. Okay, because yeah. Spock it was like oh, it was a practical joke. And uh, oh yeah, yeah, Surly, you're joking. Yeah. I don't get your human jokes. Yeah, don't call me Shirley. I'm, my name is Spock. <laughs> and he's like, I feel like we lifted this from another film. Um, so, following his outburst, Spock returns to the transporter room where Sarek tries to get Spock to open up to him. Specifically his butt. Mm-hmm. And he's like, but you're my father. And he's like, only by blood. <laughs> <laughs> Now put your head in that fucking dryer. (laughs) (laughs) But this is a transporter room. Well, then transport one in, son. (laughs) You know, use your mind. (laughs) Use your thoughts. Yeah, what are you, some kind of human? Problem solve, problem solve, problem solve. I-D-I-C-I-D-I-C-K-Y-O-U-R-E-A-S-S. Infinite dryers, I, infinite I, comes. I dick your ass is what that that spells. Oh so yeah, you know. yeah. I got you. Yeah, I think it's infinite dryers, infinite comes. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. Yes. <laughs> so following his outburst, uh, you go to the transporter room. Uh, Spock admits to feeling conflicted and feels a rage he cannot control towards Nero over the death of his mother and the destruction of his planet. Sirk offers that his mother would have said not to bother controlling it, and recalling what he had said years before after another outburst of his son's human side, sadly admits to his son that he married Amanda because he loved her. I did like this part. This was good, and although I'm not in love with the Sarek and don't like him that much, um, yeah, it was fine. So meanwhile, on the bridge, uh, Chekhov figures out a plan to get the Enterprise close to the Narada without them noticing, saying that they can follow the Narada and stop at Titan's orbit, remaining undetected by hiding in its magnetic field. Soon after, a cooled-off Spock returns to the bridge, confirms the logic of Chekhov's plan and offers to beam over to the Narada to get the black hole device. Which I've actually got one of those right here. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, <laughs> and save Earth, uh, the only home he has left. Kirk says he will go as well to rescue Captain Pike because he no longer wants to be captain. 
You know, I just realized we never really get to see any of like Spock's extended human family, besides, I guess, Michael Burnham. But it, yeah. like, but like, family by by uh, by uh, like like uh, his mom's family members. Oh yeah, I guess that's true. Do we need to though? No, I was just wondering if he has like other like cousins. <laughs> you know what? You should write an episode called Spock's cousins. <laughs> Just like, like they're like Beverly Hillbillies or something. Yeah, they're just like they're just like living in West Virginia. Yeah, I got I got some addresses of people who work on Star Trek. Now I'll just fucking send it, dog. All right, all right. Yeah, uh, it's gonna be called Spock's cousin. Spock's cousin. <laughs> Spock's cousin. Episode one: The Dryer. Yeah. <laughs> He's like he has to prove himself by learning the um, learning how to play the jug in their and their uh, <laughs> their moonshine band. <laughs> cool. Hmm. Um, <laughs> then that's like a, something that he carries with him throughout the rest of like the series. It'll be it'll be for like strange new worlds, and so then like how like um, how Picard has his flute, like like <laughs> like uh, Spock when he's alone and oh, contemplating. Yeah, he has his jug. Yes, yeah. has, has his jug that he goes because <laughs> <laughs> it's given to him by his Appalachian family. <laughs> like, Spock, it's time for us to pawn far. But I'm practicing my jug. <laughs> just, just leave me alone for now. <laughs> uh, so Spock's cousins. Wait for that episode in the new new season of Strange New Worlds. Hell yeah. <laughs> um. So Spock mentions regulations against the captain and a first officer going on such a dangerous mission together, um, but chooses not to cite something he knows that Kirk will ignore. Kirk quips that they are finally getting to know each other and gives Spock a friendly slap on the shoulder mm. and then slowly moves his hand down, <laughs> caressing his inner thigh and working his way up to the taint. All right, Sp now I'm going to, I'm going to, Sp Sp <laughs> Spock looks at him with eyes gleaming and he says, I'm sorry, acting captain. Is this an order? Kirk says, no. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> it's only logical. It's erotic fan fiction time with Brit. What? No. Uh, no, that, that was in the movie. Oh, that was in the movie. That was in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, that's, uh, I think that's a pretty good place for us to take a commercial break, right? Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, part that was definitely in the movie that we <laughs> just watched, Star Trek 2009, directed by J.J. Abrams. Uh, if you don't like commercials, you can skip ahead 90 seconds or go subscribe to patreon.com slash dumb idiot BS right now. See you in 90 seconds. Bye. And we're back. And we're back. Uh, you don't want to add this? I don't care. <laughs> dumb, go fuck yourself. Patreon.com slash dumb idiot BS. <clears throat> go do it. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, where we left off, um, fucking, I don't know, Kirk, Pike, sorry, Spock and Kirk were going to rescue Pike on the Narada, mm -hmm. right? That's about where we're at. So before they beam over, Ahura kisses Spock and tells him that he better come back. And he's like, come where? Yes, of course. I'll come. I'll do some back shots. <laughs> We love our back shots. It's only logical. <laughs> it's only logical. It's one of we're the not trying to positions. Have a, we're not trying to have a child yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he calls her Natoya. 
They're mm. getting they're getting serious, calling her by the first name. Oh shit! So Kirk, who overhears this, uh, then asks Spock if that's the first name he had tried and failed to learn since the first time he met her. Mm. Spock. So this apparently makes her canonically her first name Nyota. Interesting. That's the first time, like I guess, like because I guess like her name's been different in other like novelizations. Really, her first name, yeah. Interesting. It's, I always thought it was yeah officially that yeah. it wasn't that in TOS. No. Nope wild they just always called her a horror yeah what the fuck yeah and i guess in other ones i can't oh, i can't remember. i think like one of the names was like samara like she had huh. two, uh, two other names that were used in like novelizations and this is like the first and i guess like in 1980 something she was called nyota interesting and um and this but makes it canonical i guess hmm. like finally that's, that's her cool, first name i guess yeah. yeah i mean everyone's gotta have a name yeah it just kind of goes to show like i guess a lot of the characters are kind of Kind of put to the wayside in the original NTOS. Yeah, but I mean, you know, we always knew he was like Hikaru Sulu. Right? Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, true. Which is a cool name. I like mm-hmm. that name. Yeah. And, uh, and Nyota Uhura is a cool ass name too. Yeah. I like both those names. They're fun. Yeah. So Kirk, who overheard, uh, asked Spock, and uh, no, we already got that. So Spock coyly cuts Kirk off, stating his refusal to comment on the matter. Right after they are about, uh, they are beamed aboard, the Narada begins to drill its hole near the Golden Gate Bridge, cutting the ship off from the Enterprise and disabling transporter functions. I always like how in the Star Trek universe, like, everything that bat, you know, and like, and, and other movies, like, something bad happens to Earth, it's always New York City. And in Star Trek, it's always San Francisco. Or, or I, th- <laughs> I feel like Paris sometimes. Yeah, Paris, yeah. yeah. Uh, like, all other cities, like, but you never really get to see, like, Golden, like I guess in like I guess one of those disaster movies you see like the Golden Bridge bridge uh, it, collapse. It, it was like I told you on like the finale of Picard, like every city they mentioned that was like being targeted by the Borg was a city in the Western world. Yeah, like even though like the biggest cities in the world are all in China and India, basically, yeah. and like you know, uh, like. Yeah, they were just like uh, New York, Seattle, and I'm like, dude, like Seattle is the size of like the thousandth biggest city in China. It's yeah. like nothing comparatively. Yeah. Like, mm. but we we think of ourselves like in such a culturally impactful way, and like mm. American exceptionalism is so wild that even in a even in a um, a future where presumably borders no longer exist, right? It's it's crazy <laughs> how like it's, it's it'd be it's wild to have like any sort of like like national identity, like sort of like uh, you know, in a world where in a universe where you can literally travel to other planets and like. And like basically where you where you're born is completely meaningless. Yeah, usually, for the most part, yeah, it's yeah. kind of strange. Whatever. So, <clears throat> Scott thought he could beam Kirk and Spock to the Narada's cargo bay without being seen, but it turns out to be heavily occupied, and uh, everyone sees them. After a brief firefight, Spock uncovers the location of the black hole device. And Captain Pike, by melding with an unconscious Romulan, uh, while they board the jellyfish, Spock's former ship, mm-hmm. uh, it recognizes Spock as its captain. Mm. So it recognizes young Spock, even though it's only had old Spock inside of it. So he must have the same balls. <laughs> yeah, we're, we don't know how it, how it measured that. We don't know how it identified No, it was definitely the balls. Yeah, it was definitely the balls. It was def- definitely. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, we don't know, but... <laughs> 
you know like a small a small robotic hand comes out of the wall and then like slowly like weighs them yeah it's he's a, like captain what is just let it happen just we, let we it happen Spock. now we just, don't know this for sure but uh recently i've been telepathically um talking with jj abrams mm. and he told me <laughs> it's the balls baby you appear you appear to him as a as like a as a blue ghost at the foot of his bed and all, <laughs> all you can do is wail <laughs> like you think you're speaking but it just comes off as a, as a, as a whale <laughs> and he's like ah, 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 ah. <laughs> and i just interpreted it as uh it's the balls it's baby. the balls okay yeah jj like, uh, abrams oh. spoke to me and he said it's the ball and then he said it's the balls it's, it's always the balls baby <laughs> at least that one scream sounded like balls <laughs> <laughs> yeah that sounds about right yeah so it is the balls then <laughs> oh, yeah, okay i'll take that as a yeah and then he took out a gun and shot himself <laughs> so that that's the that's the that's the, fi- that's the that's the end of all jj abrams movies oh no oh no what's he even working on now who cares <laughs> like at this point will you watch anything because jj abrams does it or will you see jj abrams on on it and be like eh yeah, I mean, I... He's not someone I like. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm ex- I'm stoked for the next J.J. Abrams project at this point. Yeah. I guess he's just producing lots of stuff. That sounds right. I feel like he's a money man, and he's yes. like, a, oh, that's an idea guy. Yeah, he's pr- currently producing 65 titles. Holy shit. What? He's, yeah. he's currently producing 65 titles. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Yeah, ex- as a, either executive producer or yeah, producer. Jesus Christ. I mean, I guess he must have his own like, movie house or something at this point, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He probably like, I don't have to do any fucking work. <laughs> yeah, whatever, man. That's the thing people do, I guess. Yeah. At some point, some <laughs> gear in the movie business, I'll capital just know B if business. He'll be part of the new, um, the new Star Wars trilogy that they supposedly announced. Uh, God, I hope not. He, he royally fucked the last trilogy. Yeah. Like he, yeah, I didn't even see the last film. I was like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, we've talked about this. We need to watch that last film and review it on here because it is uh, frustrating. Yeah. It is like, it, it, it pains the soul <laughs> in such a unique way. Mm. And like, I, I saw it in the theater with my brother and my dad and like, you know, my dad like introduced us to Star Wars when we were like really young, and he's so just it's like, a, he's just like apologizing. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, sorry. Like, I'm well, sorry. The thing is, like, all of us like sat three abreast in the in the theater, and just like <clears throat> every like couple minutes, like one of us would look at the other one, like, "What the fuck is happening here?" Even, <laughs> and we just kept doing that. At the end of the film, I'm like, I mean, like the effects were good, I guess, but like other than that. It sucks so fucking much. Yeah. It sucks so fucking much. I, I can't even tell you how much it sucks. <laughs> a lot. A lot. One day you'll be able to say it on the podcast. Perhaps. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of committed to not watching it. That's a good commitment to me. Yeah. <laughs> but but I'm going to make you at some point. No. So, uh, <laughs> So when they board the jellyfish, it recognizes Spock as its captain, at which Kirk sarcastically expresses surprise, and the Vulcan finally figures out what the fuck is going on, Mm -hmm. as the ship's computer confirms its origin is Stardate 2387, constructed by none other than the Vulcan Science Academy. And Spock is like, what? He's wilding out, man. He's like, 
He his whole worldview has been crushed. Mm-hmm. So Spock confronts Kirk about uh, withholding the information from him, but Kirk dodges the question by asking Spock if he can fly the spacecraft. Question he is fairly confident Kirk already knows the answer to. Uh, for the first time, Spock calls Kirk Jim this moment, mm. which is interesting, and informs him that their chance of success are grim by citing his calculation of their odds, but Kirk assures him that their plan will, in fact, work. It is interesting that they have, like, it took a while for, like, yeah, Spock to refer to him as Jim. Yeah. Like. It makes sense. And I it, I like that component of this film, mm-hmm. of them becoming friends and becoming friendly mm-hmm. over the course of the film, because it gives a nice backstory to where it's like, you know, it, it's it's good to have interpersonal conflict and, like, have opposing viewpoints about <clears throat> things that, like, converge at some point. Mm-hmm. We, we get over... Because one of the best things about, about Star Trek is, like, people getting along and understanding, despite their differences, mm-hmm. how much they have in common. Yeah. And that was part of, like, what I think is Gene's vision. Gene said, like, something to that effect. Like, mm-hmm. that's what Star Trek is about, is, like, mm-hmm. different cultures coming along, seeing that they're different. Singing and Kumbaya. S- oh, yeah, celebrating their differences, but... Uh, also yeah recognizing them, mm-hmm. which is like cool yeah i like yeah. that yeah um <clears throat> so anyway spock commandeers the jellyfish and blasts out of the narada spock uses the ship's guns to destroy the drill tether plunging the platform into san francisco bay <laughs> and it becomes gay mm-hmm. gay platform now <laughs> uh, Kirk runs into more trouble as he finds the Romulans bridge where Nero and Ayel are waiting. Kirk is confronted by Nero, who has recognized him from Earth's history books. And after a brief scuffle, Nero pins Kirk and tells him that it's time to get fucked. <laughs> uh, no, that's not what he says. That'd be very uncool. <laughs> <laughs> he tells him that while he was a direct uh, decorated officer and went on to captain the Starship Enterprise, that was in another life and another timeline, and that he plans to deprive him of the same life his father once had, which is a pretty brutal line. I yeah. like this. This is Eric Bana being a pretty cool villain, even though it's, uh, it's, it doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> You know what's funny is, like, um, I guess there was, like, a big, like, play by Shatner to also be in this movie and also go back in time with Spock and, or uh, be alive or something, but he wanted to go back in time, and they were, like, pointing out that he died in generations, so Mm -hmm. he couldn't, but then, like... Fucking. He's like, did you not read the books that I wrote? Yeah, the Return. That's what he. That's what did he, you not read the Return? He referenced that he's like, well, in the novelization, I'm packed to life, and he tried to reference that as an excuse to bring him back, and but they all were like, no, that's actually dumb. Like it is very like, dumb. and actually, it would detract from the entire film. It'd be more about like bringing Shatner back than anything else. Mm-hmm. And he's like, favored nations, favored nations, and they're yeah. like, your laws have no no no, no, no power here, old man. <laughs> This is the J.J. Abrams universe. Yeah, right. I and mean, I wonder if that was a big thing with it is, like, they got around, like, a bunch of old contracts and stuff by making it in, a like, a new universe. Yeah, like it must that. be. And, yeah, because, like, as, as of now, like, Shatner has not had been able to return to any Star Trek product. Pro- no one wants him. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, they, favorite nations! And they fucking, I mean, Metallus even used Walter Koenig. Yeah. In uh, the last episode of Picard, which was a pretty baller move. It would have been even even more of a fuck you if he used Takai. 
That would be amazing, actually. <laughs> like, like I don't know why he didn't. Like George Takai is still an actor. That, that would be. That would have been so funny if he just went like full to to K mode and yeah. it was just like, oh, <laughs> the Borg seem to be attacking us. How unfortunate! <laughs> oh my! <laughs> I'm Sulu's <laughs> son. <laughs> yeah, they should they should have used him and then like Shatner would be like, Nyah! just be like going feral and just like. <laughs> just smashing everything. I'm going to retweet Robert Reich <laughs> and Jeff Tridick in the same hour. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> He's like, it's such a shame that William Shatner, that, that James T. Kirk died while having diarrhea. <laughs> and yeah, I heard he cried a little and peed himself. Oh my. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, back to this Borg invasion. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, before he can finish Kirk off, Kirk finishes himself off and comes all over his chest. <laughs> Nero's yeah. pretty impressed, and he's like, "Wow, damn dog, that's a big load." <laughs> so, so before what do you eat. <laughs> A lot of quinoa, you know, okay, uh, okay. pretty good, like ancient grains, definitely got a Lots lot of, of fruit, co complex carbohydrates. Yeah, yeah fruit, veggies, mm -hmm. of course, like, uh, you know, a lot of raw stuff. Yeah, it helps produce, you know, more. Yeah. Oh, God, it tastes like battery. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of it, but oh, my God, I don't want this. Uh, so before he can kill Kirk, Nero is informed that the jellyfish has been stolen and the drill has been destroyed. Furious, Nero storms off, leaving Kirk to A.L., to kill him while he goes to kill Spock. Ayol promptly grabs Kirk by the throat and lifts him into the air, and it's pretty sexy. Uh, surprised at how weak humans appear to be. Um, seeing his prey attempting to talk, Ayol offers Kirk the chance to say something, and the human replies that he is in possession of the Romulan's disruptor pistol. He fires and kills Ayol as he plunges into the depths of of the Romulan vessel. He then goes to rescue Pike. On the bridge, Nero hails Spock, declaring that he should have killed him when he had a chance. In reply, Spock taunts Nero by ordering him to surrender. Nero orders the jellyfish to be destroyed, even though the ship still has the red matter on it. Just an unstable, destructive force. With his plan for revenge ruined, and his orgasm ruined as well. Mm -hmm. He decides to stop edging for good. <laughs> uh, so Nero uh, now uh, only wants to kill Spock. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing he really can do now. And he just gets everyone, all of his entire crew on board with this plan. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> you know, I want to live instead of kill it. Shut up! <laughs> Shut up! We're killing him! You know, we're kind of like uh, the last remaining uh, Romulans in the future. Maybe we shut should. Shut up! <laughs> we can always go back to Romulus. Shut up, shut up, shut <laughs> up! Uh, so the jellyfish evades the missiles, then goes into warp with Nero and the Narada in hot pursuit, leaving Earth behind. When the ships drop out of warp, the jellyfish turns to intercept and collide with the Narada, seeking to ignite the red matter and create a black hole that will envelop both ships. This is what happens when the jellyfish collides! That's pretty good. That's pretty pretty good. Um, spider... <laughs> is that his name? Spider... spider. Zombie? Yeah, spider zombie. His cousin, I think. Yeah. What are you That's doing, cousin? 
Oh, is it his brother? Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Didn't he die? I don't think so. Mm, that can be wrong. Could be. Could be right, though. <laughs> Lots of people die. Yeah. So, <clears throat> um, the jellyfish evades uh, the missiles launched at him. Uh, no, we already got that. So, when the ships drop out of wharf, the jellyfish turns to intercept. Drop out of wharf. Dropped out of wharf, yeah. Uh, when the ships drop out of warp, the jellyfish turns to intercept and collide with the Narada, seeking to ignite the red matter and create a hole that will envelop both ships. Nero panics and orders all weapons fired, but the Enterprise arrives just in time and destroys the missiles with a fierce volley of its phasers, allowing Spock to carry through with his plan to ram the Narada. 9-11, baby! Hells yeah. Um, so inside the Narada, Kirk finds Pike... Alive but injured due to his earlier torture with, you know, having the bug put down his throat. Mm-hmm. And by the bug, I mean... <laughs> Don't say it. Uh, <laughs> by the bug, I... Uh, you know, the bug you put down, the, the insect type. Oh, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. What did you think I meant? Oh, I meant... Yeah. You sick motherfucker. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What is wrong with you? <laughs> oh my God. Listen, you better. Dude. Or I'll. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, I don't know. I don't either. <laughs> um, so. Inside the Narada, uh, Kirk finds Pike, alive but injured due to the earlier torture. Uh, Pike is quite surprised, but Kirk reminds him of his previous order to come and get me. Um, but what Pike meant was you need to masturbate before you get me, mm. right? That's true. Come and get me. That's <laughs> what he said quite literally, and he didn't understand. Mm. Come. Um, Problem with the English language, though. There's so many uh, ways to misinterpret things because, you know, come, come, those same words. No, those are two different words. <laughs> yeah. Say say that again. Come, come. Right. Yeah. One has an O, one has a U. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, it can be misinterpreted. In How? Ways. They're obviously two different words. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. You can definitely hear the, the U and, and come. Yeah. Yeah. It's pronounced cum, by cum. the way. Cum. I'm going to cum. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, Oh, right there. I'm going to cum. <laughs> it's like cumin. Right? Yeah, yeah, cumin. Yeah, same thing. Mm. Same spelling. Okay. Come in cumin. 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 It's cum. Mm. Cum. Okay. I'll buy it. I just steal it from Whole Foods. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so... Uh, Kirk reminds him of the previous order to come and get me, and when two Romulan soldiers walk in and find Kirk, effectively defenseless while freeing Pike from the chamber, the captain returns the favor, grabbing the gun on Kirk's belt and killing the intruders before his rescuer even realizes they're there. Pretty all right. Mm -hmm. Scotty successfully beams back Kirk, Pike, and Spock right before the jellyfish collides with the Narada and 9-11s him. The explosion of the jellyfish ignites the entire stockpile of red matter on board. Um, and but the, and I, the Romulan who delivers like a line is like, sir, it'll ignite all the red matter. It's played none other by Will Wheaton. 
That's totally true. Um, but here's the thing uh, that we should probably kind of pause here and talk about. Mm-hmm. Red matter can't melt steel. Oh. I don't know if you're aware of this. Yeah, it can't melt steel beams. No, definitely not. I mean, no steel structural or, I mean, it can't melt, you know, like um, clear titanium mm-hmm. or really any of the building materials that they make um, for um, a ship like this. So mm. I guess what I'm saying is... Um, I have no proof that Spock did 9-11. But, but I have questions. Conveniently, um, his uh, his uh, badge mm-hmm. was found unharmed at the scene of the collide. That, that's true. Unburned. Sir, 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 a second jellyfish has struck the Narada. <laughs> and you know what? No Vulcans were on the Narada. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> To Smock's surprise, uh, stay home tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Don't beam to work tomorrow. Trust me. Don't beam to work tomorrow. Trust me. (laughs) Uh, To Smock's surprise, Kirk offers to rescue the surviving crew, arguing that. I'm oh, sorry, I, I didn't finish my sentence here. So the explosion of the jellyfish ignites the entire stockpile of red matter on board, creating a black hole which begins to swallow up the Narada. To Spock's surprise, Kirk offers to rescue the surviving crew, arguing that this might improve long-term relations between the Romulans and the Federation, and is thus only logical. Yeah. Spock kind of agrees with this, and mindful that Nero is the man who destroyed his planet and murdered his mother, coolly suggests that they dispense with logic in this case. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe not. Mm -hmm. So their debate- like, I got the taste for revenge. Mm -hmm. Their debate is ended when Nero, belligerent to the last, says he prefers to die in agony than accept help from him. Kirk obliges and orders Sulu to fire all weapons, blowing the ship apart with phasers and photon torpedoes. Okay, so Nero's crew didn't ask for that. No. Not at all. No. Like Nero's crew probably doesn't have the same like bloodlust for vengeance that he does. They're they could have killed Nero at any time, but instead they're deciding to kill everyone on board this enormous ship. It's got to they, they have to have a lot of people on the ship, right? Also, like why even like get involved? I mean, why why even like have to blast them if they're going to just be destroyed by their own singularity in the first place? It's like it seems like overkill. It is definitely overkill. It's it's like wanton destruction and really fucked up, honestly. It's yeah. like, and this is the point in the film where I was like enjoying it and I'm like, God, that's just like politically like terrible. Yeah, it's like seeing a man on fire and deciding to hit him with a hammer. Just start- <laughs> yeah, or like throw gasoline on him. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's, it's fucked up. Like, yeah, they would have died without them, but they decided to just not help them because their captain who's... Mm-hmm who is like bent on revenge is like, we don't want your help. And then they're like, oh, you don't want her help. So that means you want to die. Yeah. And they just like kill them with a gun. Yeah. Like if this is like, uh, you know, a paramedic coming up to you and you're like having a heart attack and you're like, no, no, don't touch me. I don't want your help. And so they pull out a gun and shoot you in the face. <laughs> like what? That like those things don't equal one another. Yeah. Because also not like putting them out of their misery either. Right, no. You're just murdering everybody. You're executing everybody for a political crime. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. Neat. I mean, I guess he did, you know, do a genocide to Vulcan. So he he definitely deserved to die. Yeah. And, you know, anyone who was involved in that. But, like, 
you know, I think the mercy angle was probably a better one. Yeah. And it m- makes more sense. And But maybe, you know, fucking J.J. Abrams is probably going for, like, a grittier, more evil Starfleet where Section 31 is mm-hmm. afoot. Though but, they, did offer the ex- they did offer the help, though, before... They offered it, but yeah, but he's like, we don't want your help. And he's like, that means you're going to (laughs) die by our hand then. (laughs) Yeah, really not cool, dog. No. So the Narada is finally destroyed, but the gravitational pull of the black hole begins tugging on the Enterprise, keeping it from escaping. Uh, Even with its engines running at warp speed, the pressure is heavily damaging the ship as Kirk orders Scott scotty to get them out of there at all costs scotty ejects the enterprise multiple warp cores and detonates them near the black hole propelling the enterprise to safety on the resultant shockwave and this was a pretty cool scene and this mm-hmm. is pretty fun and we always love an eject the warp core moment oh yeah you know, can't get enough of that yeah the engineers ejecting the warp core made even more this. popular by the by the um, lower deck, lower deck episode, shacks. which made it war so core, awesome. War core, <laughs> that, was, that was really funny. Really enjoyed. Yeah, everyone that. loves it. Everyone loves it. Mm-hmm. So, back on Earth, the elder Spock meets with his younger counterpart, and I'm like, eh, I, don't, I don't love that. Yeah, at first he's like, sees him from behind, goes, "Daddy." Is <laughs> you'll be I calling can, me that later. I can be one of masturbate. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's, that's true. <laughs> you guys, your pa- pond fire leg about full. <laughs> we can empty it together. Let's drain it. <laughs> yes, even at my age, it still gets full. Yeah. You think they, yeah, I bet at that age, they probably get like Alzheimer's if they don't yeah. empty it. Yeah, they kind of did have that episode with Sarek where he has like the Vulcan Alzheimer's. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. But I guess if it was because they didn't have Pond Far, it'd be more like Ballsheimers. <laughs> uh, three votes. That's surprising. Yeah. For a pun. Um, so, uh, back on Earth, Spock meets with himself, uh, who presumed the former to be their father. Uh, young Spock is confused as to why his older self didn't simply come with Kirk and explain the situation to him. And the older Spock says he did come with Kirk. Multiple times. Yep. Frauding. <laughs> so the older Spock states that he implied uh, that there may be universe-destroying paradoxes if Kirk told him the truth so that they would have to rely on each other, thus ensuring a friendship that will define them both in ways they cannot yet realize. Which I kind of like this line, but it still mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense. No. It, well, I mean, I think he didn't want to... You know, he knew, like, it, it was necessary for their relationship to develop because already it's developing way too early than it should have. True. And um, and so, like, uh, he knew that it was necessary for them to figure it out for themselves. But he had confidence that it would happen. Yeah, I wish he was giving him more relationship advice, though. Like, don't don't come on too strong. <laughs> He's kind of switchy, but he comes off like a top. Trust me. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you the exact coordinates of his prostate. <laughs> <laughs> Mark one, three, six, nine. Remember uh, it. So, uh, 
Young Spock asks if Old Spock was making a gambit, and Old Spock states that he made an act of faith to his old friend, which he hopes that he will show again in the future. However, younger Spock expresses his decision to resign from Starfleet to help rebuild the Vulcan planet and race. Older Spock points out that he can be in two places at once. He also advises his younger self, in this case, to put aside logic and do what feels right. See, older Spock's just trying to save that Vulcan pussy for himself. A hundred percent. He's like, no, nah, I think you're gay, dude. Nah, Trust me. Nah, homie, homie, nah. homie. You stay on, you stay on the ship. Mm-hmm. I'll be back on the other planet with all the Vulcan bitches. Yeah, it's like, there's 5,000 of them, and they all want to breathe <laughs> logically. <laughs> uh. <laughs> the cum leg is full. It's ready to burst. <laughs> Gonna have to be a lot less than every seven years now. There's lots of single sperms in there <laughs> that all have legs and, and names. They're ready to slither up a pussy and make a baby. Whoa. <laughs> That's enough, man. <laughs> I'm gonna take a cold shower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should, brother. I think you're lifting up the table on one axis there. Um, so, uh, Spock says he made an act of faith. Um, so, the older Spock then raises his hand in the familiar Vulcan salute and feeling it would be inappropriate to say live long and prosper to himself, simply wishes his younger self. Good luck. Kirk is commended by Starfleet Command, promoted to captain and given permanent command of the Enterprise by Medea. (laughs) He relieves Pike, who has been promoted to Admiral and is now recovering in a wheelchair. Mm. Thankfully, Pike didn't get his original fate. Mm. Like, all he got is, like, a cool wheelchair. Yeah. And not, like, you know, (laughs) permanently full body paralyzed. Yeah, speaking only through beeps. Mm-hmm. True. That's that's better than the burn. Yeah, I bet he gets burned after this though too. Now nah, he gets killed. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so next movie. Next. Uh, movie, that's yeah. next week, everybody. <laughs> A proud uh, Cap- uh, Admiral Pike shakes uh, Captain Kirk's hand and notes that his father too would be very proud of Kirk if he didn't get himself killed. What's up, Whoa. yo? That's too much, Mister Pike. Mr. Pike, wow for that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's out of pocket, man. Out of pocket. Uh, so as the older Spock leaves to help the remaining Vulcans establish a colony, Kirk, now dressed in the gold uniform of a captain, walks onto the Enterprise Bridge. After he tells McCoy to buckle up, motherfucker. He doesn't <laughs> say motherfucker. He just says buckle up. Uh, and receives assurances from Ahura, Sulu, Chekhov, and Scotty who uh, has just barely finished talking to Kirk when he finds Keenser, the little guy, is now a member of the engineering staff. Yeah. Um, Best addition. Yeah, and he has climbed atop a console, and uh, Scotty's like, get down from there. <laughs> um, and uh, everyone says their respective sections are ready to depart. The younger Spock returns to the Enterprise and asks Captain Kirk if he might apply to be his first officer and uh officers uh, offers to provide character references kirk says it would be his honor oh as the enterprise begins on its maiden journey with its new captain 
The voice of the Elder Spock intones the famous motto that other starships named Enterprise have voyaged from before, saying space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise, her ongoing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life forms and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before the end. (laughs) That's the end of the movie. What do you think? Um, You know, it was good. Yeah. Like, um, I definitely like that last scene between the two Spocks because you get to see, like, you know, Spock, you know, like, elder, like, you know, it's kind of like, you know, how we just saw in, um, and, uh, the season finale of Picard, you know, we mm-hmm. get to see the culmination of all of Data's experiences and how he's, like, changed, you know, from the, um, from his, from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And so you have the two Spocks working against each other, the one Spock that is yet to have, yet to have, yet to be changed fundamentally you know for right. who he is and then like the you know a little bit more like you know shoot from the hips Let, let's let's just be honest you have the pre and post gay spock <laughs> yeah 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 he's still in the closet spock talking right. to like which is weird because they have the actual gay actor playing the one in the closet oh yeah and then you have whatever Le- leonard nimoy was <laughs> so being the gay old man it's true yeah, he's wearing like a robe the whole time and shit. <laughs> yeah. Like total old gay man vibes. Sick as hell. Oh, yeah. He's very bohemian. Mm-hmm. Really like his his whole thing going. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's you get to see that dynamic, you know, and he's mm-hmm. like saying like he's gonna help, you know, rebuild the um you know, um you know, Vulcan race, but really he's just going to Ryza. And he's, oh, and he's, oh, yeah. He's, he's like, yeah, we're we're doing a colony here and they're like, This is a vacation planner. You can't do a colony here and he's like <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna make some. I'm gonna make some Vulcan babies either many, way. How many pool boys do you need? <laughs> <laughs> you wait. Your your residence doesn't even have a pool. So, sir, <laughs> Spock, you can't help rebuild a race by having sex with young boys. <laughs> That's not. He's like, well, I can try, can I? I'm gonna invent a Vulcan ass pussy. <laughs> One with a real womb. You'll see. You'll see. You'll see, you you motherfuckers. Uh, Now introducing the pool boy womb. (laughs) (laughs) 1994's Junior is so much better than the original Vulcan. (laughs) Just a bunch of pregnant pool boys. There's just you call that a Jerry become, Falwell Jr. <laughs> <laughs> There's just a, a Jerry Falwell Jr. maternity ward. <laughs> he just creates a new breeding class of bulk and this is just pool boys. They just breed them to maintain pools and and breed further. They're like the the breed they're like uh queen ants or bees. <laughs> Yeah, they, instead of instead of like a honeycomb, it's just like a well, it's like a honeycomb of of pools. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> I like this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, write, write it down. Write it down. Vulcan, uh, what, Vulcan pool boy ass pussy. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is it is uh, Jerry Falwell Jr. Right, or is it? Does it have another name? Uh, can't remember his real name. Yeah, the one who has had sex with the pool boy. No, the pool boy had sex with his wife. 
No, I, I, but I think like Jerry Falwell uh, Jr. watched. Yeah, he watched, but he didn't have sex with the yeah, pool. Yeah, it is Jerry he, Falwell yeah, Jr. Yeah, yeah, he had, he had the the pool boy cuck him. Yeah, uh, I think they it? had sex too. Nah, I don't. I don't think so. Mm. I don't know. Someone who's bold before it ain't. It ain't usually <sighs> like that. I don't mm. know. Sometimes I guess some people are into that. I've never experienced that. He could have felched it afterwards. Yeah, but yeah. Jerry Falwell. A felch lives. <laughs> felch lives. <laughs> Write it down. Write it down. <laughs> Fuck. Too many good ideas. <laughs> this is going to be evidence in our trial. <laughs> 90 years of hard labor. No, no. This is going to be evidence in our defense because we're pleading insanity. Oh, yeah, we got him. Right. <laughs> yeah. Our attorney, attorney will just be reading this off, and then like they'll like, just start playing the podcast, and the jury will go, "Yeah, I mean, how can we convict them? Like, yeah. that's not fair. Like, that's like, look, look, come on, listen to this. Yeah, this is this is absolute insanity. Those boys ain't right. I'm sure boys ain't right till I tell you. Just get we just get death sentence. <laughs> Actually, they don't it's, deserve jail. No, it's a euthanization. Trust me, it's for everyone's good. They'll they'll be the happiest. And I'm chemical, like, yeah, me, me. And a chemical castration. <laughs> Wait, no, no, no. Well, no! <laughs> yeah, but otherwise, good start to an okay trilogy. Yeah, yeah, it was okay. Yeah, you know, it's um better than the most recent Star Wars trilogy. Absolutely, not as good as the. It is funny Star because because he initially because he wanted to direct Star Wars because you even see like in the beginning there's an R two D two. Oh, that's like, that's when, right. I heard about yeah, that. And the there's explosion. You see like an R two D two fly by. Also, the the proportions of everything, like the Iowa, and like how there's these giant silos mm-hmm. and like kind of endless empty space and stuff, feels very Star Wars. Yeah. In a way. I oh yeah, it's like yeah, it, like he's it, a moisture it, farmer. Yeah, it's a way that I don't <laughs> think it should. Uh, yeah. And as I was trying to explain earlier in our, our first episode on this, like there's there should be more people, like. Yeah. There should be more people. There should be less empty open space. Like more people should own more land for themselves. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I'm guessing they just turned Iowa into like a Slipknot museum. Yeah, Slipknot museum, and yeah. also just like yeah, Slipknot corn and corn museum, not with a K, <laughs> with a C. Like sort of like a like a like a like a Starfleet um, headquarter type area, but like. Mm-hmm. I'm sure everyone else lives everywhere else. <laughs> yeah, who would want to live in Iowa, man? Yeah, so they're just like, yeah, just put, just let's just make. And that's sure where they put there. the military because no one wants to live. Though I'm pretty there. sure Enterprise was made on Mars. Maybe in another yeah. series because they're con- they're still constructing it on Earth here. Yeah, because they're the shipyard is in Iowa, mm. which I guess is probably why they recruit out of Iowa or something. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the deal is with that, but who knows. <laughs> It was, uh, you know, it was a fine, fine film. Yeah. Um, it's not my favorite Star Trek film, but it's, uh, I'd say this is like the standard by which Star Trek films should be judged, maybe. Mm. Like, this is totally a good Star Trek film. It's not great. It's not Star Trek 4. It's not Star Trek 2. It's not Star Trek 5. Nothing Star Trek Yeah, 5. I mean, it's definitely the introduction where, yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess the TNG films were, yeah. were more action-based as well, but like, this is pretty actiony yeah in in terms of like pure entertainment how much enjoyment i get out of it i'd put it around like maybe a first contact or undiscovered country yeah it's not one of the best star trek films 
but it's a totally fine Star Trek film. Yeah. It was definitely more successful than the Star Wars films that he made. This so. uh, this was the most successful Star Trek film ever. Damn. Yep. This one made the mm. most money and made the most money versus its original budget. Wow. Yep. Mm, this one did real well. Oof. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder if they're ever going to like. I I know like they probably aren't going to go forward with the fourth film. I doubt it. And but um, uh, but it would be interesting to see like them take other directions with the films, just like with Stranger Worlds cast or another one. Yeah, that's the thing is I I don't think they're ever going to put a movie budget behind a Star Trek movie ever again. Yeah, probably not. Because, I mean, the most they're willing... I mean, considering how our, our current, like, you know, film, you know, uh, you know, offerings are, like, it's just basically dominated by the MCU. Like, it is. Shit. And it, <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day. It's, like, it, it's crazy to me because, like, uh, like, movie festivals exist now exclusively for people who are not doing a sequel or some kind of other IP movie <laughs> go to sell their movie. It's crazy. Mm. You know, that's like the only place they can do it. It's like the only marketplace for movies or online or direct to streaming or something. Yeah. It's like the only place for, for movies, but that's the thing is like, that's where streaming movies, uh, streaming services buy movies Yeah, is at, at, at you know, film festivals now. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's really weird that like it's just become that it's like there's no way to make a big indie film at all ever again. No. Never. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's yeah. Hilarious. Yeah, we're just gonna have like I know I think I saw one time someone arguing online that like like other non MCU films will just be like yeah you well know, they'll be MCU related but they'll just be dealing with like like it'll be like a normal drama but then there'll just be like a superhero in the background or something <laughs> <laughs> like you know just you know we deal with the, like the you know, just like how people are living in a in an mcu world you know and just like i mean which is like the boys does that and like satirizes it and that, yeah. i think that's perfect but like i don't want something that does that in earnest no that no. would suck that would be insane that would <laughs> that would break my brain in a bad way yeah, but I would, I would, I would definitely like. I mean, see, just seeing like also like how we saw like Picard the finale in, in IMAX theater was awesome. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was, it was very cinematic and it was awesome. And like I think, and the whole 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 theater was packed. It was. So you know, like they're mean, but you know, oh, and, then, that it'll and then be packed my, every night. My theater hole was packed too, so. <laughs> yeah. with all the juju bees and everything else you snuck in. Right in my ass. <laughs> in your ass. Yes. I did, I forgot to eat them because they felt they felt pretty good in there. So. But yeah, I mean, just to say that it would be packed every night, but still, it was like you know, it was, people showed up for it. You know, people were lined up for a yeah, couple hours beforehand. Oh, 100 percent. Like yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Um, I, yeah, I don't know if it really has the built-in support in that fan base anymore. Yeah. I mean, at the same time, like Star Trek is a lot more popular than it was in 2009. I'd say. Yeah. You know, because of the resurgence and because of all the new shows, especially now. Yeah, because like, there was no current shows happening in 2009, was there? Oh, no, no. Like, yeah. uh, I mean, in, in like, Alex Kurtzman got Paramount to give him this universe based on a pitch in 2014, I want to say, mm. um, based on the fact that he, like, co-wrote this film. Mm-hmm. So, I get it. Yeah, and Discovery is pretty much, kind of feels, like, directly inspired by the this movie by this movie so. i'd say so yeah, yeah yeah although it doesn't take place in the kelvin universe it no. still feels very prime much, yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah prime universe 
Yeah. Which is weird that the Kelvin universe is just these three films and that's it. Yeah. So I don't know if that's the greatest decision and I actually don't like it at all mm -hmm. because they didn't need to make that decision, but they just did. Yeah. I was <laughs> say, I mean, let's, we'll see how like the section 31 streaming movie will do. <laughs> Which is like, I mean, I think I think they're hoping like it'll do good, considering it has Michelle Yeoh in it, who's like. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll watch it and we'll review yeah. it. Um, I'm not I'm not looking forward to it because I do think it's gonna be you know just another fucking CIA. torture. Torture is is good in, in, yeah. in certain in certain um, uh, it's gonna be uh, twenty four. Yeah, it's gonna be twenty four. You know, we need to do the torture to save like. There's not enough people. time. Yeah, the bomb's about to go off. We need to torture this guy for the information real quick to make it stop. <laughs> really, but really, you know how that sort of stuff looks is like, hey, let's keep a person in, uh, locked up in a, in a jail cell without charges for 25 years. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it really goes. Yeah, right. And the, <laughs> and yeah, and the torture is like... Continuous. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's, it's and, not productive. Right, and it's not necessarily like them like... You know, pulling off a hood from a guy's face and then just beating him up. You know, torture, the torture that's mostly practiced, especially in America, is fucking solitary confinement. Yeah. And just, like, taking away everything from you, including your source of light. Yeah, we had a man in solitary confinement for 46 years. Jesus And, Christ. like, and that's the thing. Like, I was watching some, like, documentary on, like, these... Uh, uh, these other people and, a, and another, I think it was Iceland or something that were locked up uh, in solitary confinement without charges for a long time. Mm -hmm. And they had to specify that this is the longest outside of America. Right. Well, so <laughs> because, so like, uh, <laughs> if you look at it, I actually looked at the Wikipedia page for it because someone is like actually made a list of like the people with the longest sentences ever mm -hmm. uh, in solitary confinement. And uh, like america has like the top 30 or so yeah and like somewhere down the list there's like a chinese guy yeah. and a couple other people but yeah. it's like america is the fucking king of this like, oh yeah no one comes close this is like as big dicking as we were in like the 80s olympics mm -hmm. like it's, it's there's no competition you no know? nope no. yeah that's the end and also like besides the torture you know that you know cia you know or section 31 would be doing it's also just sort of like the the social control and social manufa manufacturing which is done through like cia propaganda type movies you know by you know just like or like alias maybe yeah like alias and stuff like that and also just like yeah and you know and then other stuff like you know financing right-wing coups across the United States. Like, like I just saw like uh, something on an uh, uh, interview with Pedro Pascal where he's talking about how his family came here after the U.S. back coup of Allendale. I saw that too. And, and fucking, uh, yeah, and, and fucking... Uh, Joel McHale. Yeah, Joel McHale was like, yeah, that was backed by the U.S., it, which is like that makes sense that the two of them they seem like kind of actual left but they yeah. were also talking with king uh ken jong yeah who is just a liberal dipshit and he's like what yeah. what did that happen like yeah. i'm like dude this dude is a fucking doctor he was yeah. a doctor before he became an actor yeah. and he knew nothing about this oh yeah which should tell you something about doctors like yeah. doctors they're very intelligent people but thinking that they're smart is a fool's errand. I mean, I I've known many people who like and involved in my life that have gotten like you know master's degrees, you know mm -hmm. higher education type stuff, 
and they're pretty fucking stupid. It's a war of a, <laughs> so many times it is just a war of attrition, really. Yeah. <laughs> like I I I read a little bit of a oh my god. I I read a bit of a dissertation the other day for a master not a dissertation, a, mm. a thesis mm. for a master's degree that was entirely about um Marvel and how like it reflected American values. <laughs> yeah. I don't even remember how I found this, but yeah. it like rotted my mind <laughs> and i'm like this motherfucker like came away with this with like a legitimate degree in like i don't it was like film theory or something like that wow. and i'm like no <laughs> i know more than this asshole yeah. like objectively yeah. like come on what are you doing <laughs> this is not okay like yeah. i don't know I, and you know cultural criticism it does have its place and it does have its place in academia and yeah yeah marvel is like a big thing but this thing was like read on a uh, it was written on a very like um fundamentally like mouth breathing level yeah like very just like hey america's pretty good and you know because america's good and because superheroes are good and trying to help the world Oh, superheroes are like America. I'm like, dude, what the fuck? This is something like these are thoughts like an eight year old has. Yeah, these are not thoughts people who have read books about it, what America does to the rest of the world has. Yeah, like this is this is the culmination of like a you know, decade in school. Yeah. <laughs> Super duper, you studied being a Disney adult in another form for a. F- fucking decade that's pretty neat man yeah here's a job where you make six figures yeah yeah no. <laughs> and you hang out with mickey mouse all day or something super <laughs> cool yep cool, uh, cool, 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 cool. you got you got anything else uh, you know i guess watch the movie it's fun yeah yeah it's a fun enough movie mm-hmm. uh do not expect like anything super deep no but it's a, a good little outing for um leonard nimoy especially yeah uh, all, the whole cast is pretty fun yeah, every yeah, I mean, all a bunch of conventionally attractive people, and mm-hmm. they're having fun, having mm-hmm. adventures. You know, Eric Bana is good as the villain. Yeah, yeah, because it's very simple villain, Vill- very, very simple, villain. very dumb villain. Yeah, and that's the <laughs> by making him really dumb, mm-hmm. they really just like sidestepped a lot of the. But what about yeah questions? Because ultimately, he's just a dumb guy who needs to do a violence revenge yeah because I, I mean you do see that as you know throughout these films like the big the villain is always just like a guy with a super powerful ship that's and, pretty much right yeah. <laughs> and so it's just like i do that's want totally right except for like the ones where it's like an unseen force the motion picture and four yeah it's always a bad guy with a ship well yeah. i mean i guess like six it's like that and entry but yeah but also with the calvin lines like all the same that's true and that's true like, it is always bad guy with a ship and bit, bit, bad guy with a giant ship that's mm. super powerful yeah. and so it's just like yeah I so mean, like, star, you, star like, wars yeah, Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's how that's how they probably figured that to appeal to people is like make it Star Wars. But you know, like I would definitely like, you know, you know, we go to the Trek. You know, like Star Wars, it's its own like Jungian, you know, you know, uh, uh, hero hero story. Yeah. And but Trek, we want our like moral moral questions you know ethical dilemmas yeah we want you know sort of like that moral ambiguity we can ask questions you know mm-hmm. think about the world in different ways so right right and we yeah we want star trek more than anything star trek is like used as a container to tell stories about other things yeah like uh i will always talk about my favorite episode of star trek ever once more into the breach mm-hmm. um 
uh, season seven, episode, I want to say like 12, mm. 11 of um, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Um, and really what the episode is about is it's about loss and it's about aging. Yeah. And it's amazing at mm. talking about both, but in doing, but by just talking about Klingons. Yeah, yeah. And like, yeah, and it, it has it uses just old characters, and the writing is just fucking insane. It's yeah. insanely good. It's a Ronald D. Moore episode, obviously. Yeah, and he just did some some amazing character moments. Yeah, it, yeah, it goes to show how like you know like <clears throat> Star Trek has those things where episodes can be you know not every episode you know not every episode can resonate you, but there are episodes that will deeply resonate with you, hundred percent, and like you know affect you in, in emotional ways where it's just like you know. You know, you go see, like, a movie where it's, like, you know, people fighting the guy with a big ship, you know. Yep. Probably won't feel anything too emotional, but you'll have no. fun. You'll have yeah. fun doing it, but yeah. it, won't, I, I had it, won't, fun. Like, it won't last with you, like, on right. a personal level. Like, exactly. Like, <laughs> I had fun with this movie, but, like, I don't think it's saying anything. <laughs> yeah. Besides, hey, in Star Trek cool? Yeah. That's all it's saying. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's fine. Yeah, it's watchable. You want to have a little little bit of fun watching. Yeah, cool. I guess that's a good place to leave it. Mm-hmm. You got anything else? Nah, I'm good. Fuck it. Bye bye pizza pie. Bye y'all. Oh yeah, we have a song going. Oh yeah, we have a song. Do the song. Oops. Fuck. I really fucked this dog, didn't I? Done. Okay. You done put. I fucked done. this horse. You done put that whole dick in that horse. Yeah, I really did, didn't I? <laughs> How am I not able to find Oh, it's right here. There you go. Soy, 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 Spock's cousins, watch it. Gonna do some junk playing. You got way off beat there, bro. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs>